All right. Well, welcome back here to the show. Uh, I'm going to let you know that we are in the underground lair here of Downtown Radio, and right above us is a fantastic event. And uh, you might hear some ambient music coming across from Name Amore. I would love to take credit for bringing him in, but uh, we'll just enjoy him in the background. Uh, but on our show today, we're excited. We, uh, we, a lot of times we tape our, our interviews in advance because uh, Sunday mornings are tough for some of our guests to get up. But we're excited that Mike Peel from Local First Arizona chose to, uh, to get up and come back to some familiar haunts here in downtown radio. Welcome back to the studio, Mike. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's great to be back, and I love what you're doing. It's uh, fun for me to hear what uh, you've been doing with the show and what you just highlighted for a weekend out. I think it exemplifies what this show is all about. It's all those connections you're making and the return to certain themes, and I, I think that anyone uh, listening is appreciating what you're doing to enhance the local economy. Well, that's our show for today. That was Mike Peel giving us a fantastic uh, promo there. No need to go farther. It can only get worse from here. But hey, Mike, you've uh, we got we got so much going on. 2020, crazy year for you personally, crazy year for uh, for the events and organizations that you're associated with. So let's just jump right into it. Let's talk first about your role, Southern Arizona Director, Local First Arizona. You guys launched something last year called the, uh, the Local First Road Show. Tell us a little about that and what we're going to see with that coming up here in 2020. Definitely. Yes, the year is a a very busy one already, an exciting one. And uh, actually, I'll start with the announcement. Some may know, but uh, very recently, we moved our location for our office to the historic Y. So we're uh, near, we're right off 4th Avenue, and we're part of a community center that is full of organizations that are like-minded and very focused on social community issues and environmental issues. And we're uh, loving being in a space like that. So... We're out of the historic Y now, and uh, in the last uh, what, about a year, we've reached uh, a lot more community members with doing what we call the road show, and it's a block party for localism is what it is, and we are going around the community and activating spaces to highlight different local first members and partners, and everything about it is meant to be uh, engaging with the community at large. With part, uh, part of our mission is it's definitely focused on local businesses and strengthening those businesses and, and nonprofits, but it's also connecting to the community to make them more aware, to prioritize local. And that way, there's a shift to making the local economy and buying local more of a priority. Yeah. Uh, so this is an opportunity to bring it all together. Yeah, and I think that's the bringing it all together because this sort of it kind of had, originally had this feel of maybe like a, a networking mixer or something along those lines. But the, uh, the expansion of it uh, has really led to so much interconnectivity and i've seen you know that this road show instead of being a standalone event you've tied in with things that at congress or uh, other events here, here across town and and i think that's a fantastic way to highlight those businesses and, and that interconnectivity as you're talking about right we've spun off uh, we've had a, a number of successful ones on our own and then we were invited fortunately to be part of hotel congress's 100th anniversary party last uh, november we just got to be part of their Dillinger Days event last week, and so we're able to do smaller versions of these road shows within bigger events as well. And we're encouraging the community to reach out, and we'll consider how we might bring a version of a road show elsewhere. But in terms of what we actually do with our regular road shows, it's all about having uh, really a fun night out, uh, evening out. So what we want to do is uh, have local music each time. We want to have local beer and wine and coffee. We want to have fun activities for the family uh, so different areas uh, that are activated within each road show around sustainability around local art around 
the different types of businesses that are part of Local First that offer a lot of different services. So each time you're going to get a uh, very eclectic mix, uh, and we're going to be continuing to cultivate a different mix each time we do a roadshow. So be on the lookout for these. The next big one we're going to be having is in March, at the end of March, with the Sunshine Mile. Uh, with the Sunshine Mile Business Association. So what we want to do is highlight those businesses on the Sunshine Mile, and construction is starting, so we want to make sure that the the community at large knows about uh, all these businesses that are still there and still doing great things, and and also about the plans ahead. There are a lot of interesting details around what's being planned to preserve that area, and we want to make sure that people are aware of what's going to be uh, occurring in the future to ensure that local business is still on that strip. Yeah, so the Sunshine Mile is pr- pretty much from uh, from Euclid to Country Club. A lot of uh, historics under that Art Deco feel. As you move out of downtown, you, you can see this definite uh, expansion as you get into the 50s and 60s of the architectures. Uh, there was a lot of concern, I know, when the construction started happening because the original plan was to tear down some of those structures. And the city and Rio Nuevo kind of work together to, in some cases, move them or uh, or realign them in a way that makes them potential uh, outlets. And I think that's – is that what you're getting to, that you're going to talk a little bit about that at the, the roadshow? Yes. We want to showcase what, exactly what you're talking about right there so that it becomes a, uh, also about history being on the on the roadshow so that we can have a, a almost like a – a mini art installation or museum installation, I should say, around the history of that placemaking. Because placemaking is so much tied to localism, and we want people to celebrate those places and go back to them after the roadshow. That's ultimately the goal here is that people have a great time, they link with the businesses nearby and other local first partners in the mix, and they continue to work with them or support them in any way that they can. Well, as we get closer to that date, we'll roll it out. I know the merchants on uh, the Sunshine Mile, because of the construction, there's there's some apprehension and nervousness, so we want to make sure we get people out there and recognizing the value of, of those businesses. And uh, speaking of value of businesses, uh, this is like breaking news, I think, here. We might be the first to be announcing this, but uh, your program with um, uh, La Fuerza, sort of this uh, business accelerator, uh, just received a fairly sizable uh, partnership with uh, Rotary Club here in Tucson, right? That's correct. Yeah, with the Rotary Club of Tucson Sunrise, we were the selected nonprofit to be getting the support this year from the Rotary Club for our Fuerza Locale Business Accelerator program in South Tucson to expand that program and continue to help businesses grow their businesses with uh, the business accelerator curriculum that we have, but in addition to help uh, make more connections with the programs that we have, like the roadshows, get the businesses that go through this accelerator program to be part of the Local First Network on a regular basis, as well as our sustainability programs. And the Forza program is taught completely in Spanish, so what we want to do is, with our sustainability programming, is in the next year, translate parts of that curriculum to be incorporated into the Fuerza curriculum. So a lot of ambitious goals here, and I think the Rotary Club really uh, identified with our our strategic plans for the year. Well, I don't want to uh, put put anyone on the spot, but I do know that uh, I looked at some of the list of people that you were competing for with that grant, not to to put that out there, but it it was a pretty substantial list of of, uh, local groups, so clearly your, um, your impact uh, was recognized. This is, you've already been doing. This is not a new program. You're doing it for a couple of years. You've had several cohorts go through this. We're on to our fourth coming up here. So yes, we're uh, almost two years into doing this. Every six months, we run a cohort, 
and they go through uh, a, an intensive business accelerator process to get a better, more comprehensive business plan put together. And more importantly, they're saving money through the program, $1,000 uh, over the course of the six months, and then we're matching them through our foundation, another $1,000 that they can then have those, uh, those uh, funds be invested in their business plan. It helps their credit scores increase and improve, and it helps them be linked to local credit unions and community banks to have fair rates with loans and, and really uh, competitive loan packages that uh, they can be accessing. Well, I've, I've been to uh, a couple of the graduations of these cohorts and always impressed with the businesses, and I can tell you personally I've used the a couple of the businesses that have come through that cohort. So uh, I appreciate that you're doing that. And it's, it's, it's always towards this, uh, what we would consider maybe an underserved area that might not get that information in other ways. Exactly. Yeah. We're going into areas that don't have a lot of business networking opportunities. And unfortunately in these underserved areas, there's a lot of predatory lending. And so we want to provide a number of competitive options that the, the businesses can choose from. Ultimately our goal is to provide as many fair rate loan opportunities as possible, as low rate as possible. Well, and you mentioned, I guess, uh, we, we probably could, couldn't have planned this much better because you keep throwing out those keywords there. And you mentioned that the Fuerza program ties in with your sustainability efforts. And I know with Local First and you personally, this has been a huge um, uh, motivating factor for you over the last couple of years. And you personally are going through some changes with that in the organization uh, so catch sure. us up. Yeah, well, this is also big news that is very new here. My role is evolving now to be the statewide sustainability director for Local First Arizona Foundation. So we're working through all the capacity building that we need to do to make that happen over the next few months. Uh, the reason for it is that uh, the state of Arizona has uh, funded our scale-up program in the past and will continue to be funding the expansion of that program, which is all about supporting local businesses through workshops on and nonprofits to be uh, working on plans for energy efficiency, water conservation, transportation reductions, waste reductions, green team development, ultimately anything that can be cost-saving and supporting anything related to climate action that can be basically focused on carbon emissions reductions. I think sometimes people get a little bit confused when you talk about a business organization and then tying in these sustainability uh, components. Um, how does that work in your mind? What's the, what's the connection with Local First? An example I love to tell lately, Merit Foods went through our scale-up program and when we first launched it in 2018 and they went through the workshops and they put a plan together, all this material based on best practices across the country and we pulled it all together with experts locally in the community to put together the most accessible, comprehensive content that we could and focused on cost savings. And with Merit, they're saving over $1,000 a month having gone through this program looking at just smaller and medium-sized measures that they could take with their facility. And I think that's where it all relates. When we can have local businesses go through a program like this, it's not too much of a time commitment. And as a result, they're on the road to that kind of savings uh, on a regular basis. I think it's one of the most impactful, uh, truly impactful ways that we can be enhancing our local businesses and getting them on the road to being stronger. So the, the practices aren't unique to local businesses. Uh, sometimes the larger corporations or um, uh, national national groups, they, they've got their own research. They've got their own resources to figure this out. And it sounds like what you're providing then is that roadmap for someone that really can't on their own do the research to figure out what's effective and what's what's actually going to work versus what 
may work. Exactly. It's a one-stop shop is what I like to say, a platform for all of this. We're not duplicating anything. We're pulling it all together. We're finding out what exactly is going on with the utilities and the governmental and agencies around here. So we know exactly what incentives are out there, what rebates are out there, what kind of expertise is out there, and we're pulling it all together into one place. In addition, we're offering exclusive opportunities as a result of going through this program. So if you have a scale-up plan, having participated in the program, one example is you can participate in our revolving loan fund with the Community Investment Corporation. It's, uh, the, it's the lowest interest rate opportunity for conservation, sustainability-type projects out there in the community here in Tucson. Uh, it's actually 3 to 5% interest rates up to $10,000 per project at the moment. We hope to grow that to larger levels over the next year. But, yeah, to be able to have a partner like the Community Investment Corporations offer this exclusively to the participants of Scale Up is a big win for the community. And there's nothing else out there that is offering that kind of opportunity for businesses to get loans like that. Yeah, so once again, it's, it's, this is not a new program. You've, you've launched it in Tucson. You've had success in Tucson. So my understanding now is as the state director, you're taking the lessons learned here and applying them across all of Arizona. That's exactly right. Yeah, so the state of Arizona wants us to now take this program model and have it run elsewhere in the state by the end of the year. So we'll be expanding it throughout Tucson on a quarterly basis. We'll have a cohort, a quarter of 10 to 15 businesses that we'll be recruiting uh, at at least uh, per cohort, and then we'll be expanding this model elsewhere. So it's exciting news. And not only that, we have a new program called the Southern Arizona Green Business Leaders Program that we're about to roll out. And it's uh, more of a foundational program. It's a, I'll call it a designation, uh, which is checklist-based, and it's meant to be not as time-intensive as scale-up. We recognize that every business can immediately ne- uh, connect necessarily to the program. Uh, they may have to plan for it and join a cohort in a few months. But uh, with Southern Arizona Green Business Leaders, they can literally pick from the 50 items on the checklist, and they can get the designation for looking at uh, composting or looking at other efforts that are uh, green-related that can help them uh, start to get some recognition in the community. And we have a lot of uh, partners involved in this across the city that are helping support it. And actually, uh, Mayor Rothschild got us uh, going with this before he left office, and he uh, was uh, really excited for us to have an introductory-type program offering that could then lead to scale up. So Southern Arizona Green Business Leaders Program rolling out in the next month and a half here. It'll be ready to go by March and uh, so we'll scale up 2.0. And one other news item that's, I think, the first time that this is being announced on uh, online or uh, on the air here, on Earth Day, we will be doing a big community event on April 22nd in conjunction with it being the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. We're going to be doing a, a big unveiling of all of this with this uh, work we've been doing with so many partners in the community. We're forming an alliance around all this work as a community with green businesses. So we're going to do a big, fun event on Earth Day at Hotel Congress, and uh, stay tuned for more details. So uh, we've been talking here for a few minutes, and this is the summary of of our conversation so far. Tucson is kicking tail about uh, making changes here, and that is influencing what's happening across the state. Instead of the other way, which for years has been we've been the recipients of things that have trickled down to Tucson, we're now driving through Local First Arizona. We're driving initiatives. We're driving efforts that are now becoming statewide uh, recognized and will have a huge impact. And my guess is as soon as that 
takes place in a few years, we'll see you as the national director for, for sustainability of local businesses across the country. Is that, that on the radar? <laughs> Thanks for that uh, confidence in the vote. But right now I'm just focused on the, the, the fact that we are getting the traction we're getting. You know, what a, an opportunity, like you just said. Tucson is getting the attention for the models that we've developed here just in Tucson. And now we can roll it out in Phoenix. Or actually we want to look at the, how, how we can link to the rural areas of the state as well. That's going to take time to figure out how to best do that. But it's part of the approach we want to take. And I'm now overseeing the work of the whole team uh, f- across the state with sustainability for Local First. And we have big ideas on how this can be statewide. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. We've got a couple minutes left here. And uh, I want to talk about your other passion. Uh, music. You, uh, you've been on downtown radio for a while, um, and uh, you have a show with your uh, with your wife, Doctor Peel, and uh, you guys have have taken your show, Rarity Rock Radio, and you've you've kind of transformed it. You're not on our air anymore. We miss you. Please come back. But we'll find a way. But but Rarity <laughs> Rock is still out there. Tell us more it about is. what you guys launched. And more than ever, we uh, listen to uh, a lot of our fans who've been listening for the last few years now, asking for more accessibility and that they could tune in whenever they have time and we found a way to do that we now have a 24 7 commercial free online radio station called rarity rock radio it's uh, www.rarityrockradio.fm so if you go directly to that uh, site and it's there to stream press play and it's all under the radar rock from the past to the present we've uh, been exploring this for years and we're very focused on music that's carrying the traditions of some of our favorite artists from the past on into today. And we're getting a lot of artists reaching out, wanting to have their music played. There's definitely a niche there to keep rock uh, on the ra- radar for people. And we're finding that a lot of people are responding to it and excited to hear uh, deep cuts and uh, songs that they may not have heard from their favorite artists, but also artists that we think should be known that are carrying those great rock traditions uh forward and keeping them alive and well well i know a, a few hours on uh, on our station was fantastic but your your reach is so much greater now and and just before we came on air we're talking about the uh, the kudos you got from uh, from a group in new york you know? yeah there's uh, some bands and djs in new york that are paying attention and wanting to get some airplay and that's what we were hoping for that we would start getting that kind of traction across the country because there's so many great artists that we've been following for years that just haven't gotten that attention as much as they they could we think the way that r- radio used to play a lot more rock and I think take more chances on the commercial side. Uh, that isn't happening as much with commercial radio nowadays. So we think we can help fill that niche and uh, really be a place for artists to thrive and start getting more of a fan base. Well, uh, your wife, Cassie Peel, she uh, just recently finished her doctorate. So she is Dr. Peel. You're taking on a statewide role. You're running a local organization, um, launching an online 24-7 uh, under-the-radar music channel. Um, right. So last question, I think, for me is uh, when was the last time you slept? Uh, the weekends are good for catching up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, it definitely it's a priority to get enough sleep. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's been uh, an interesting time to get it all together, but I think the flexibility of having a station online is ideal because then we can do this on the weekends, actually, and get a lot of it pre-recorded and get it on the air for the week. So we're having fun with it, and uh, that way we can prioritize things like you know getting at least uh, some sleep for the week ahead. Well, our guest today, uh, Mike Peel, Local First Arizona Southern Director, soon to be, or actually is now the State Director for Sustainability, co-host of Rarity Rock Radio, uh, sleeper of a few minutes on weekends, 
Any last words before we, uh, we wrap up here? I'm uh, really excited that we have the uh, Southern Arizona page for Local First Arizona now uh, live. So if you go to localfirstaz.com, you can get the, the link right there off under regions. And, and then you can go to the Tucson page and get more information about the road shows and the sustainability programs. And stay tuned for all the details coming up here in, in the next uh, three months. It's going to be a, an exciting time of unveiling all of this. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I chose some exit music for our show today that I know you're familiar with. And um, I, I mentioned it in my intro that I actually saw these folks, uh, this band play at Tap and Bottle last week to a packed packed house but uh i know you're a big fan of uh miss olivia and the interlopers we've got their song blacklisted that's going to head us out what do you know about miss olivia and the interlopers they are a band on the rise and they're one of my favorite bands locally we actually have them playing on rarity rock radio so this song if you want to hear it uh, it is playing regularly on rotation on rarity rock radio.fm enjoy this great song coming up here All right. Well, you are listening to uh, Downtown Radio 99.1 FM. You can catch us streaming on downtownradio.org. You can also pick up the app there and uh, and listen. Uh, My name.